Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you April 30th, 2023, episode 50 I'm gonna be going off of uh, some notes here But basically... What I've arrived at is um, this notion of uh, something I'm definitely not going to trademark. This is definitely just uh, for entertainment purposes, educational entertainment purposes. But uh, this idea of circumstances, the emergent property being that I'm living this sort of... uh, what I'm going to call the can't cheat diet. Like cannot cheat diet. And... um, to me, it's a joke because I'm 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 pretty uh, skeptical and and cynical about most most fad diet protocols and whatnot. Um, but what I do think is interesting in terms of this taking a tactical permaculture perspective is that um, efficiency and economy and ecology taking all of this theory about um, how systems work and then applying that to to a personal lifestyle applying that to situating oneself in a operational environment whether that's for a let's say, um, an aggressive or defensive, an offensive or defensive or a exploratory or research or whatever it is, the idea that you are out of the normal range and beyond the normal reach and um, scope and and connection points to to the outposts even of of supply lines from the modern world so what you what you pack in for the mission whatever that may be civilian military paramilitary whatever that that mission once you're on it it's like going out to sea you know <laughs> what you what you packed with you you better you better have put a lot of thought into it and you don't want to run out halfway to the destination and so there's a lot of um a lot of planning and logistics that go into that so an interesting effect of that uh, a byproduct of being in that being in that scenario for real for me is that uh it's not theoretical it's real and now I'm I'm at basically the halfway point to what has been designed as a as a a 
one year breakaway isolation experiment of I'm not as of um as of uh the end of last November I have not set foot off my property and I don't intend to until any earlier or until um I don't intend to any earlier than one year from the from that date and there are some shall we say administrative reasons why why that that decision was made and um and it just happened to be a uh an impetus for like the reason to take myself out of the matrix for a one year period it wasn't just for kicks and giggles it wasn't just to to prove that I could do it or to try to go through the drill of doing it although all that is great because all that is the is the um the sort of the side effect of it the positive um side effect of it it was actually like a a what what I would call like the imposition of a of a um a constricting of 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 resources it was like it was um well I've talked about it before just the it was it was like a risk mitigation strategy of saying if i can if i can preclude 99.9% of 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 medical financial legal and every, and every other type of of risk that that exists outside of the risks that are inherent to being here on this site for an entire year, which there are many, but they're different. The analysis was in that... Yeah, not for not not for just purely experimental sake, not for just a sense of adventure. It was it was actually a very strategic risk management strategy to be disengaged a hundred percent for a year. And so the thought process going into that was like not all of my metrics were really well dialed in as far as what I needed to have topped off and supply to last for that for this year. There were some Rolling, there was some rolling of the dice in terms of water supply and uh, and food supplies and and one of those food supply lines fell short and I and I realized over the last few weeks how um, how foolish it was not to factor that in because now at this point the cost of capitulating and calling time out and basically ending this um like calling in help to sort of like throw in the towel on this strategy it's it's a high dollar expense any way any any way you cut it and it's and it's um it's a uh without going into the details which I've which I've actually shared pretty pretty explicitly in the past, but it's like this. Um, what do you call it? Like, uh, oh, everything, everything, and everything is a leveraged bet in the sense that um, if something goes against me <laughs> financially at the wrong time, it can cut really deep. 
versus something going against me at the right time, then it's just a little boo-boo and it doesn't, it feels like nothing. So now that I have that sensitivity, which I never had before when I was dead broke for most of my life and you couldn't squeeze blood from a stone and liabilities meant nothing to me and YOLO and, you know, just anything goes wrong, just drop me into the hands of the the low-income administration of people getting basically going into bankruptcy, private personal bankruptcy, medical bankruptcy, but having it be basically a farce because you have no assets. Well, once you have assets, you start to learn how to think differently and you start to realize, realize how liabilities can get stacked against you and the way the system works in the system jurisdictions in the system's world they compound against you like a leveraged bet and they can cut real deep and bleed you out real fast so yeah again i don't want to get derailed and get back into like what the consequences have been now that i'm halfway into this self-imposed risk mitigation strategy given the the financial basically this is like the the having a nest egg first rodeo game show that I'm in you know what I mean so if that means anything to you wherever you're at in your journey in life whatever financial education you were raised with or not raised with the idea of a a nest egg that you were not born into having that you that you acquired over time but there wasn't really guaranteed it's it's uh, there's a lot of nuance to the psychology of it but i guess to put it simply if you have nothing to lose then you you know you act like you have nothing to lose if you have something to lose you act like you have something to lose so i did my best i thought to make very well designed purchases to buy bulk quantities of food water medical supplies equipment redundant equipment battery back i mean everything i would need and then if vital vital technological implements devices and whatnot get them insured have them backed up whatever and then of course have contingency plans but the the idea of this this game show like (laughs) how to not try not to lose your nest egg in a in a recession or or a bear market kind of a thing how far out onto the fringe are you willing to go of cutting expenses to the bone and and and, and limiting liabilities and risks and at that point so the the, by, the byproduct of that is it like yeah if you if you didn't plan so poorly that you're eating wood chips and digging up bodies and like famine style um strategies to survive and it's just okay whoops i should have topped off one thing and now that I don't have it I'm going to adapt with what I have and luckily there's enough diversity that I'm able to do that and I'll get into that in a minute but basically it's like yeah this is the can't cheat diet because there is no 7-Eleven that I can get on a electric scooter and go down to or whatever there's no there's no there's no um like viability whatsoever 
logistical or financial of like ordering takeout food and there's no going out to go anywhere to do anything because of an, a number of logistical factors that that are by design mitigating mitigating factors on my ability to just like for 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 people to willy-nilly interact with me and for me to willy-nilly interact with the outside world that was by design for obvious reasons but um for another for another time to to explore but the the fact is what does that mean like yeah i'm burning calories and i only have the calories that i that i packed with me out here on this off-grid adventure on private remote land and uh in this climate desert ecology it's gonna be it's gonna take a long time before i before i uh and and it's gonna take a lot more financial resource input and a lot more time before i'm growing calorie crops even at a micro scale like right now i'm i'm turning i'm turning sunlight in partnership with the seed supply that i have basically into phytonutrients and micronutrients in the form of the photosynthesizing herbs and 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 leafy greens and whatnot that are that have replaced that input stream from the grocery store so yes i've got fresh vitamins fresh minerals all the things that are the micronutrients that you can get from from a diversity of um herbaceous plants that you can grow but i packed in the macronutrients the proteins the oils the carbohydrates fats carbohydrates uh, proteins etc and so so here's where i'm going to get into what has after six months sort of come into a more of a systematic programmatic focus where it may be useful certainly i wish i mean now i'm at a point where i'm like damn if i would have if i would have done this when i didn't have to it would have been i would have been a lot better off now so it's a hard lesson and that's why it's like the catch the can't cheat diet they'll teach you things about not only will it get you chiseled like it's getting me chiseled which is nice but um but it it will teach you how to do that by design and then for me this is like full immersion there's high stakes there's high stakes in this in this uh, experiment and um you know there's high stakes of um, being exposed to the elements of course that goes with the territory but to me the even worse higher stakes are like calling time out and going back to civilization to be exposed to all of the madness that's going on right now anywhere you go within civilization at so in so many different spheres um from pathogens and microbes to uh psychopathologies mass psychosis politics what you name it it's just worse and worse there's no there's like no nothing but compounding negative cons not pros to like set foot back in civilization for me after being out of it now for now almost 
almost completely for three years with very, very few, very minor excursions back in just to resupply. And that's it, <laughs> basically, over three years. And so, you know, never was there more than a, like a few weeks at a time for most of those, maybe a couple of months. But now this is definitely the six months being the longest period of time I've ever spent alone, not going back and forth from a remote area back to a, a town even or it just completely being isolated for this long and then now being at a point where I'm looking at how how are my supplies doing and how could I have how what am I doing to optimize at this point because now the factors of the stakes getting high the, the higher the stakes as high as they are they're about to get a hell of a lot higher because I just had to do an audit of my inventory with the with the high high stakes pressure because I can't even ask anyone to come in even if I wanted to pay them which I don't which because of the 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 market the market cycles the the cost to get resupplied now are far greater to me than they ever have been before and I've, but I've had it, I've, I've, I've had to do it, but I do not want to do it now again. And definitely, and, and I won't really ethically be able to do it anytime between mid June to mid October, because it, be, it gets so heat, it gets so hot that like, I won't leave here and because breaking down even I mean, the way that I live here, it's manage manageable because I, I live in a way that's that's extreme in my, my, my lifestyle adaptation. But I could not ask anyone, a city slicker, to like just come out here and be in that mode. Um, so I feel like because I will want to support people that I, that I respect. I mean, you know, yeah, there's, 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 a, there is a, there is a, 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 a possibility that I could like throw a gig up for hire, you know, as for independent contractor, you know, on the web or whatever, but I really don't want that interaction. I don't want that. Like I want to interact with people I trust and I want to keep my, my scene, my, my spot, you know, my, my operations like really within me and the people who are already aware of them and that's about it so it would be definitely like a a deal breaker to a real foul in this game to have to like break cross that red line for me so I'm here with what I got and now I'm at a point where like it would be financially painful, but it, it would be financially painful, but still not unthinkable to have somebody come and resupply me if something was too low for me to get through the rest of the year. But it, but th that window even is shrinking because once it gets into those hotter months, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have anyone come and and. Uh, and put themselves at risk um, 
no matter how good their AC is. I've had to force people to get their premium auto club membership for the longer the longer stretch toe and everything. I'm like, I don't want to be I don't I don't want to have to be compelled to go and rescue you. You're supposed to be rescuing me. You're supposed to be helping me, but if I had to, I would, you know, I would I would go do that, but I'm trying not to. But the point is to just to realize that these three upcoming summer months are the ones that are the most no man's land, the most no-go zone, off limits. Like you had to, no ins and outs. You had to have squared away whatever you were going to have to square away before or after. And so it's, um, it was some auditing of inventory that I finished today, which actually gives me this sort of, uh, the, the cacao, uh, enhanced heart space cacao ceremony because, uh, Luckily, I did myself a favor. I, the, my my past self was very generous to my future now present self in just sort of um, doing the, what 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 sometimes survivalists would call the copy canning thing. But basically, meaning like any chance. I mean, if you're out shopping, just buy. If especially if things are on sale, buy two rather than one every time, and then over time because most likely you'll end up outpacing adding to the supply versus depleting the supply in you know if in a, in a non end of the world as we know it situation you basically you know without without psychologically or financially um making a giant purchase to stock up a bunch of things at once basically slowly over time and it makes sense too in terms of just diversifying the expiration dates and whatnot but and you can always be rotating there's nuance there's all kinds of nuance to it in that game but the point being like i've gotten in the habit where it's like if i'm gonna get anything i don't care if it's seeds or buckets or tools or clothes or whatever like I'm always gonna I'm always gonna add some coconut oil some cacao some stevia some green tea because those are the things that if I fell short of them I would be I would cry I would be very unhappy and very miserable because my psychology is built on those pillars of sanity and uh, comfort, you know, and um, yeah, I could do without them, but I, w- I would be sad. Uh, I-, I don't think I would become, uh, I don't think I would become so- uh, socially dangerous or anything like that, but I, w- or to myself or to others, but I would be sad. And like, I don't want that. So I've always just, without having really, solid dialed in metrics which is what I'm about to get to I would always just be like eyeballing it okay just more just more just I don't care just more because dried green tea is really not going to go bad coconut oil is very stable and if stored properly is one of the most stable oils to store and uh dried cacao powder kind of the same thing it's not that it would never it's not that the oil would never go rancid or that there'd never be spoilage but you can 
I mean, I go through it fast enough. Regular, you know, I go go through it fast enough that I just needs. I just need to. Just need to have a have a sizable amount at any, at any given time, and then the stevia, I've tried many times to liberate myself because it is something that can is one of the most inexcusable failures as a permaculturist that I have been a successful stevia cultivator in the past, but uh, this climate, this site, it is. Uh, it's a place where my, 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 my horticultural dreams have gone to die. And luckily there have not been too many casualties so far. But definitely um, it's going to be hard to get that established. But I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, so I'm sad to say I'm still purchasing and importing liquid stevia um, as a a suboptimal because of the, the the additives that go into that product um and knowing better from having grown my own stevia and being like I can't wait to just I want to be the stevia um king you know uh I'm, that's my future that's my prayer I'm going to that yeah I'm going to be able to just live that dream but uh but for now I'm importing it but between those those several things you know, I also have metrics for bulk purchasing 25 to 50 pound quantities of the the ingredients that go into my trail mix and whatnot. And then I've, I've gone into greater detail and all that. But uh, to get into some of these notes that I was taking today, now celebrating that I did that, my, my past self gifted my present self with enough, like that copy canning method without really putting solid metrics to it it just it's sort of this is to say that it works that to, that to have to rely on it and you go man I'm so glad that I was just like unconsciously by habit doing that um and now because now really like I did the math and I did the metrics and what I discovered so I, so um just sort of intuitively over the past uh, whatever few weeks or months um yeah the economics of a mid-year resupply cap- capitulation that's one of my notes here that's what that's what I'm talking about like my weaknesses yes i just covered my weaknesses check that off um and so now i've now what i what I, what's interesting what's worth sharing about um something actionable here is that like to prevent future mistakes and mishaps and miscalculations I I have these whatever bulk quantity containers bags whatever whatever they came in you know and where I'm trying to meter them out into into, um, jars of various sizes that I typically use so that I can actually start to measure like what is if I do not cheat this is the can't cheat diet because you don't want to end up if you if I cheat and I overeat and I snack or whatever I double dip into my supply I'm going to end up with nothing in the middle of the baking heat of the summer where I can't 
where 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 the market is going to be turned against me and I can't ask anyone to come and bring me anything out and then I will be so that's the negative reinforcement element of like yeah don't reach for the cookie jar because if those are the only cookies that you'll have for the rest of the year you know what I mean would you rather have you know the one cookie a week that you that you know or or the one cookie a week for the rest of the year or no cookies for half the year because you double dipped and the psychology of that is what i'm calling the can't cheat diet but the fact is most people they can cheat and they do because it's that easy because what is what's our favorite word convenience and what do we call over our favorite stores they call them convenience stores so how about the inconvenience storehouse of um looking at it and going yeah I was just actually literally going through that exact psychology because I was like oh my god I I, I'm eyeballing my cacao supply and I feel like it's not going to get me through it it's it's been it's been great I've been happy I've been I've been frugal with it but I have been I have not felt I have not felt deprived in any way over these last six months so I've done well but now looking at what is is left and now that I've gotten into this mode of like transferring the bags and boxes of things and putting them into glass containers where I can visually see the the supply basically like an hourglass over time being like now it's not just out of sight out of mind like it's in sight it's in mind when I go and I resupply my my daily and weekly smaller jars from the larger taller jars i'm resampling in my mind like how things are or are 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 going how the supplies are dwindling so i basically went through the cycle just now of like realizing yeah i think i'm going through my i think i need to end this sort of surge of green tea doubling uh double dipping that i had been doing i said to myself over the winter i'm like no you need to push yourself you need to have two tea balls of green tea a day one in the morning and one in the afternoon to push yourself through some business development and site development goals and like digging ponds and everything just like no don't don't um this now is not the time to uh to rationalize oh but i'm so natural and so pure like why do i need to push it no no i'm I'm not being a workaholic with the goals that i have they're pretty humble so yeah two green tea balls a day i feel good about it i feel good about what i accomplished with that but then now i'm at a point where i'm like looking at feeling the heat has come back the crushing heat has come back and it's kind of reminded me like yeah dude you better you better really like do the math on your supplies because you know six months have gone by now you're about at the halfway point you better you better do a little bit, a bit of an audit so luckily you know i had started to just take a sampling of the, of the supplies the oil the cacao the the um the buckets of um trail mix the five gallon buckets trail mix and and basically get it all down to where i know what a quart jar represents in terms of days forward you know so 
So put it simply, now I've got the metrics that, um, that, that uh, quite simply, with my, with my mixture of dried fruit, seeds, and nuts, which is my, my own blend of a trail mix, that would love to add uh, dried meats to and, and, and follow that pattern. But for now, there's, there's no dried meat component. But basically, these beautiful pint jars that are like miniature quart jars, like canning jars, one quart jar is exactly two of those. So like these little edible grenades every day, I have pint jars. That's my measured out serving of that breakfast meal. And it's like no... Nothing that tempts me to want to snack into it and no variability in like getting a bowl of it out for breakfast that has, is smaller or larger any day. It's like, no, I've completely measured away every daily unit of that being one pint jar worth. And those get fed into by a, a, a stockpile of quart jars that get fed into by a stockpile of five-gallon buckets in mylar bags, or mylar bags and five-gallon buckets that get fed into by 25-pound single-ingredient boxes that get fed into by the supply runs that now, you know, I'm doing less and less, but 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 now looking at maybe once once a year just for a good freshness and of of the fats and these components and whatnot not to push it too far out but um but yeah with that said so the metrics is that obviously the trail mix i know i've got that dialed in and i know i just did the math on everything to know okay i i i rolled the dice and I intuited it well enough to where literally I'm going to make it to that. I'm going to make it the rest of these six months almost perfectly. But that's not the ideal. The ideal is that you don't like run out to the very end. You would have more of a buffer. So so that's like not an A plus for me. But it's better than the, it's better than the alternative, which is that it's less than what I need it to be. But, um, yeah, it could, it could be better and it should be better. And I would say I'm, I'm, I'm not following best practices. I would rather have had a a margin of uh, a buffer of, um, of extra supplies, which I don't, but at least I know it's going to make it that far. And I know now, I now know, like before I did not know what to order to say, a year's worth of what I of eat what you store store you eat. I did not know what the metrics were to say to myself and to place an order to say I would like to either go pick up or have delivered a year's worth of eat what I store store what I eat of what I'm not growing yet. I did not know what those metrics were and I know and I know now and I'm never going to I'm not going to I'm deviate from that. Um until my tastes change wildly and you know the older I get the more the more uh the easier it is to just (laughs) to just rely on routine and um but there's an x factor I will get to at the end this sort of uh you know the 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 
the X factor of, of um, something turning against you in, in the form of a food accumulative sort of food allergy. And that's something I've had to adjust to and deal with uh, that I'll get into in a bit. But trail mix is dialed in. Luckily, I, I, I guesstimated right and the hard metrics resolved to to make sure that ends are going to meet. But with with a, the, a little bit of margin, you know, there's a little bit of margin in the math. But um, but again, another reason to not be cheating, because if now if I cheating now means like starving and suffering and maybe probably not dying, but definitely like the idea of moderation being like this psychology of like not indulging today so that I can just have a reliable, pleasurable, frugal supply ongoing tomorrow and, and, and into the next day, into the next, the duration of the next cycle that that is nourishing enough that is like um that's important because there's there's people who cannot moderate and the more convenient those calories are to to access from the outside the more distorted that relationship to having an inner balance of relationship to resources and the and the accessibility and convenience of excess calories you know, I'm not trying to give medical. This is a good time. I'm not. This is not. This is not um, therapeutic advice, psychotherapeutic advice, medical dietary advice. I'm just telling it how it is for me. And uh, yeah, I know. Like now that I, before I had these metrics dialed in the way I do, and before I was living under these extreme conditions that are that are self-imposed, but they're not hypothetical, and they're not like um, they're not like. Uh, <laughs> something that 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 I'm playing a little game with myself that it's easy to just like cheat on that game it's not easy to cheat it's almost it like it, it it's high stakes high costs not easy to cheat and <laughs> by design my I wasn't out here to to lose weight um or to like develop the habits of like not not stack snacking or not having kind of wonky habits of how much I eat from one day to the next I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm against snacking or that I'm against like there being, I mean, obviously if you, if you work harder one day than you do another day, there's reasons for there to be nuance, but there's, but then to counter that, there's reason to pace yourself because of the limitations of your supply. So maybe you don't exert and maybe you don't, you know, unless it's an emergency, you try to kind of reach a homeostasis. So that's where I'm at. So, um, yeah, trail mix is dialed in and then getting to the green, the green tea and having to realize like kind of intuitively starting to see those glass jars go down and then also, and then finally arriving at just thankfully arriving at this, this math of like, okay, now I just got through measuring how long one jar lasts of, of, basically what what a daily usage of two tea balls a day uh which is going to be different depending on whatever tea balls anyone else might use but for me and my 
my unit is what I use for a, a t-ball, whatever that is. I mean, it's probably like, I don't know what, um, a tablespoon is probably what it is a- approximately, maybe between a half and a full tablespoon of like dried green tea leaf and, um, is what goes into a t-ball. So two of those t-balls a day is what I've been going through. Um, and that lasted for three weeks in a, in a quart jar. So obviously, if I look at that, if I look at the, those supplies dwindling and I, and I kind of, now I have the ability and I, I did the calculation, I'm like, damn, I'm going to be, I'm going to run, run out halfway through the summer at this rate. So I need to cut back. So now it's one T-ball a day, which I can basically leave, leave to steep longer for two cycles of tea and just know that I'm getting a weaker tea so that I have a morning tea and a midday tea and I get the pleasure of the cacao and the stevia to to maybe a little bit less of that of that kick of the green tea caffeine being a fresh dose dose of it but a weaker dose and a longer steep of that of that 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 one tea ball a day um the ritual is there and the placebo is there at least too but the supplies don't get chewed up so fast so i'm not going to end up really sad where where i don't have even one one t-ball a day for for a period of time and uh a funny side effect is that uh i was um until the until the algae was sufficient to feed the fish and the biology of my aquatic ecosystem was enough to feed it's a microsystem but there's enough biology growing naturally now to year-round um to feed the fish that are in there in in a healthy population to where you know when i use a, a glass pitcher to 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 get water out of that uh, stock tank pond to irrigate my container garden beds and my bonsai food forest I see how chunky the life is in there. And so I, I don't have to be subsidizing that. In fact, it's better that I don't add more um, oxygen-sucking, biodegrading, anaerobic digesting uh, uh, organic material that I was using to kickstart it. Like now it's self-sustaining because for a period of time I was taking my spent uh, green tea after a, a cycle of steeping it, I just, it would just get, I would, I would, I would store it up and then uh, periodically um, pulse it into feeding the fish in the pond. Um, and for all I know, there's just a, 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 a beautiful organic sort of um, um, forest of decaying green tea leaves on the bottom of that uh bottom of that of that system um that's amply supplied and i'll know in the next couple of months how healthy that ecosystem is based on whether it starts to really stink or not and then it's going to be a matter of of moderating that ecology but that's that's a that's a sidebar the 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 beautiful uh side effect though of not having to feed into that cycle anymore is that i did push myself to say wait a minute what should i be uh should i be throwing this into my my human waste composting the the spent green tea or after having done that for a minute 
maybe just a couple of weeks, I said to myself, wait a minute, like, if it's going to end up there one way or another, I better be, I better be sure that I can't just be eating these spent green tea leaves, you know, that are going out of the tea ball. Lo and behold, a little bit of, a little bit of online searching and like, people are saying you're an idiot to not be eating. I'm not saying this is you, this is not advice to anybody. I don't know what the buildup of the, uh, alkaloids or whatever you know whatever whatever if it's advisable medically traditionally whatever but I found enough enough affirmation that I needed to say to myself you're a damn fool not to be eating the green tea leaves that you made your tea with Um, and there's some bitter tough the kind of thing that would make Billy Goats puke, all of the Rambo movie line kind of thing, where like it is a indignifying experience to chew on these to chew on these things, but I will do it, and I have been happy to do it with a shit-eating grin because the absurd amount of biomass that I can consume <laughs> that takes the pressure off my limited water supply. And I can say to myself, those deep leafy, dark leafy green phytonutrients that I'm struggling against all the wind and the sandstorms to like squeeze out of these, these like these tiny miniaturized struggling container gardens that are just like fighting against all the elements to grow even an inch and I'm going in there and getting bitten to shit by red ants trying to like squeeze out the tiniest harvest from them and then put them into into uh, fermentation jars and uh, and subsist off them and then you know I, I cycle through them relatively fast so that just means more water, more seeds but now I've gotten into this positive counterbalancing to where I'm depositing in my fermentation jars the spent um, green tea leaves at a rate to where I can't keep up with them and now I'm using all I'm using more and more of my jars to stockpile this green tea leaf ferment that 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 um, that that now has become my daily very bitter very very indignifying to eat sort of soup side salad whatever and uh but again because of the economics of it I'm I'm very happy and I made a breakthrough that I will get into right here which is that um I guess the 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 positive the silver lining of all this is that um well, the the first element, there's two levels of it, but the first level was that like, wait a minute, cutting back. <laughs> it's like such a cool, um, such a cool surprise is, is that uh, I may be cutting back. If I cut back on the, cut back on two tea balls a day and go down to one but for lunch I eat double the amount of green tea leaf spent fermented vat soup supply then 
I, I, I recover that caffeine deficit because there it was. I was just suspending it, basically adding value to it, biologically speaking, in a fermentation vat. And so what I would have wasted, in ter- I mean, because there's so much that just goes to waste from things that we that we juice, that we blend, that we steep, that we filter, whatever, where just we throw away still so much marginal, whatever if it, whatever it is, whatever the nutrient was, caffeine or something else we were trying to squeeze out of it. And then we just kind of like just discard or even compost, you know, in good faith. But but I'm capturing it in a different way and I'm keeping that, you know, the very, that, that marginal caffeine uh, supply on hand in the form of, of this, uh, of this, this fermentation vat. So actually I end up breaking even and doing even better because I, I, I had to have a reason to like eat more of this very bitter, this very bitter green tea leaf ferment supply that I have because I'm up to my ears in it now and I can't <laughs> like I'm, I'm almost like using all of my uh, all of my fermentation storage jars to do it and it's it's uh it's a good problem to have but it's a problem now that was the first level of the of the surprise benefit the second surprise benefit is that because I because I unfortunately but fortunately in a Taoistic sense fell short in my storage of of uh of um of sesame seeds bulk storage of sesame seeds which i i love and adore but have had to dance with in terms of um this x factor of food allergies coming up and being like oh man like please god do not let one of these pillars of my year of food stuff staples that I'm dependent on don't let one of them turn on me halfway through and give me an allergy and that 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 kind of did start happening to me with sesame seeds uh, yeah several months back and I and I you know I don't want to get I don't want to get advicey about this but I, I did a little bit of dancing with turmeric and anti-inflammation and moderating and you know limiting and spacing out and whatnot to where 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 some some um some allergic effects that were starting to get almost unbearable and really disheartening and demoralizing I was able to to dial them back into into nothing and I don't know like I can't replicate that so I'm not going to talk about like it being a secret formula that I'm going to sell or anything it's just like man body is weird aging is weird freaking batches of things are weird if you're not growing it yourself you don't know you don't know what happened to it along the way if you're not strict about organic which I've been stricter than I have been of late you know what I mean there's a lot of factors so Anyway, the sesame seeds are gone for the year, for the rest of this year. So I had to adapt. And what did I have as my fallback? I said to myself, well, calorically speaking, the first thing you're going to die from is starvation of fats, that macronutrient. So I've always, I didn't do 
the copy canning thing, copy canning thing with sesame seeds. I did the copy canning thing with coconut oil because that is a far, an even denser um, uh, macronutrient source. Um, kind of a kind of a better economy of scale on the pricing of it. Um, it's not something you want to just. You can't for one. You can't eat a bowl of it. But like you know, having the sesame seeds. On paper, the sesame seeds are like a, a superfluous luxury that should that that should be. If I was a robot, I would say don't don't get sesame seeds. That's not efficient. Just have you know two tablespoons of coconut oil and be happy about it. But as a person who has um, who 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 is psychologically like uh, habituated to like you know a bit of a a bit of bulk to a meal, you know, I'm not going to want to just like figure out the robotic way to cheat all of that or not to cheat all of that, but basically to, to, um, to use math and efficiency to like eliminate all of that. Um, anything that might be purely pleasure based from that and just have the, just have the machine scientific basis so but but what 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 I've been forced to do is like okay what what did I what how how did I set myself up for success as a fallback okay I do have I do have a quite quite a, a abundant supply of coconut oil stored and because I haven't because I've had a very uh irregular and sporadic relationship with it beyond oil pulling there hasn't really been a really sound way to measure it in daily usage until now where because the sesame is gone and I've had to fall back and replace it with coconut oil and 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 part of me would be really sad if what that meant was that yeah instead of like a bowl of like a meal you get to have two you know a tablespoon or two or a teaspoon actually rather two teaspoons of coconut oil and it'll get you it'll it'll taste good you'll enjoy it and and you will subsist on it but it's like yeah that now like breaking up a day of of uh you know of holistic and fulfilling you know self-employed semi-retired work or whatever like yeah not having a lunch meal to look forward to, but having a lunch, two teaspoons of coconut oil to look forward to, it's kind of demoralizing. But here is a, an alchemical miracle that happened for me. And like, it's so far it's doing a, a body good. But basically what I've done with this lemonade, lemons to lemonade scenario is that um, making the best of this, I have this this glut of uh, this glut of um, highly nutritive, and with the kick of it of it, of it uh, adding a little bit of zest in the form of the the remaining caffeine uh, caffeination effect. I have this glut of uh, of the spent green tea leaves, which are hard to eat because they're unpalatable, basically. Yet they are edible, and they're not poisoning me. 
um, and I'm not eating, you know, insane excess of them, but, but yeah, like eating a little bit more, maybe double or triple what I was very sparingly allowing, you know, digging into up to this point. Guess what? Mixing them with those two teaspoons of coconut oil and then adding in some what I call fire powder, which is like the the classical fire cider in a powder form. I think I've spoken about it before, but it's basically what it's, what, it's a little bit reductive, but what I have it now is like turmeric, um, used to have garlic powder, but I took that out. Uh, it's basically cayenne pepper, turmeric, ginger, and cumin as a, um, what I call fire powder, which, uh, you know, clears the sinuses when you need to clear the sinuses for for uh, being states of of, of being ill. Um, but as a as a uh, a condiment, you know, as a sort of spice rack kind of a thing, it, it packs a punch, and you don't need much of it. But but basically, I've created this sort of um, this like Thai Tom Ka type of soup effect with the coconut oil and the uh and the fire powder and um and 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 what that's done with this um with that with the almost inedible or are the, the edible but almost unpalatable green tea leaves as it has made it into this delicious it's almost like the coconut oil was like MSG <laughs> for like being able to devour these green tea leaves. So, um, you know, the, the, these are the weird things that, that you discover. I don't think anyone is like, I'm not calling that, you know, the, the, the diet. The, the, the fact is that this, um, it's just the can't cheat diet. Like no matter, like I have to be creative and I have to adapt and I have to work with what I have and I have to improvise. And um, this is just one thing that could have been a very sad dead end of just like having a, not looking forward to lunch every day, but surviving from day to day and and just sitting there regretting not having that bulkiness of the sesame seeds. Well, I still get the fiber from these tough, uh, stemmy like fibrous leaves that are actually doing a good job of brushing my teeth and um, yeah I'm providing very yeah I mean I, I feel great I look better than I have ever looked my body is building muscle mass and I'm pounding the sand and digging these ditches or digging these ponds and these contour ditch swales and whatnot like so, you know, my back isn't what it used to be, but like the shape of my body, the tone, the muscle tone, everything else is better. It's better than ever has been. And, um, you know, and I, and I take note of, of like my, my bowel movements and, you know, <laughs> you need to be a sort of a scatologist of yourself to know if you're healthy, certainly if you're doing DIY off grid where there is no doctor type of stuff and um without being tmi i will say that like yeah that's 
it's it's a real important metric to know like have a relationship to understanding like whatever color texture regularity all these factors you don't have to you can do your own you know (laughs) do it on your own leave it you know not even need to fill in details but like um these are the things if I have a major dietary shift I'm kind of like please don't cause a major disruption that's going to be very upsetting and unsettling and disruptive to that part of a healthy happy life so like yeah proving it out that for me this transition from less sesame seeds to more to more uh green tea leaves and 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 having the that that contingency of coconut oil be what bridges those two things and having that not be highly disruptive to my digestive system and be having it be delightful and something exciting to look forward to even more so it's a real it's been a real blessing and that does not always happen so it could have gone either way i rolled the dice and i got i i i i hit the jackpot on on rolling the dice on that um i'm very grateful for that magical unexpected i i was i was not i was look i was expecting to be very sad and disappointed instead i i hit the jackpot and i'm very thrilled about it so for the time being if my health doesn't collapse and I don't end up with this being my last episode because all else fails, no. If my body keeps responding, I feel the way that I feel and I'm able to um, to continue to, yeah, get chiseled and gain muscle mass and everything, then, like, I know I'm on the right path. That's the proof in the pudding, you know, without having a team of dietitians and all kinds of different specialist doctors like doing all my blood work every day and you know no it's like the printout is of the labs is like what does the land look like and what do I look like and am I still standing you know from one season to the next and so far you know I mean you can't stop the clock ticking against you with aging but so far I'm like yeah I'm having my golden years early and I'm and I'm really enjoying it and uh it's making a better man out of me and it's it's bringing the best out of me and it's 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 in some ways I'm in the best shape of my life um and there's just no bs at all at this point like where I'm at with this lifestyle you know what I mean like very little nothing goes to waste there is no infinite waste stream of like single use packages of it no it's like almost all that stuff is done it's over like it's so I'm in balance right right now more so than I ever have been and um and I just keep finding ways to to continue to optimize that, to to keep replacing plastic with glass, and and just find those places where you didn't know that you could 
cut one more waste stream out of your life. But anyway, to me, I'm like in the the better half of that of that lifestyle equation now. And uh, yeah, what else is there? So the cacao metric. <laughs> Yeah, bringing this to bringing this to a bit of a close now. The cacao, I yeah, I I reoptimized and rebalanced my portfolio. I rebalanced my portfolio <laughs> with with the tea supply, and then I had already started to like intuitively say you need to be a little bit you need to be a little bit more measured in those heaping cacao teaspoons that you put into your tea even though you know it like the difference between a a somewhat heaping teaspoon and a completely leveled off teaspoon is like you can count the, the, the you you could you could count the size of my smile the, the like there's measure there's a measurable impact on how blissful i feel based on the cacao supply in that in that in that um that little tea ceremony that I do twice a day so it's already like if I have to not have any heapingness to my teaspoon or two that go into my tea of cacao powder you know any i mean it's it's already it's already cutting into my smile factor to make that not heaping at all and just be leveled off if i were to have to cut it back any more than that then i would be sad and it's like i think i have way more than enough stevia liquid stevia i did that copy canning strategy to where i probably have an absurd amount of that to where it'll it'll probably get really nasty before i get down to you know get even close to being to being low on that supply in this and before i'll be able to resupply it with with the with the fresh um product but but i would be very sad if i had to just have green tea without cacao powder <laughs> so luckily today i did find it wasn't like a surprise I knew, but I actually I was surprised because I thought it was probably maybe a third or a half, but actually was a full unopened five pound bag of cacao powder, which I which was a big question mark of how long that would actually last. And I was like, it was a delightful discovery that I had that because I realized now I have to make that call. Like, I, if I'm gonna, if anything is going to make me take a hit financially to call someone out to resupply me like I don't want because I'll be a crybaby if I run out of something and I did and I and I can't get it resupplied over the next few months that's like the Achilles heel that's my main weakness if I was to run out of cacao or even get to a point to where I'm like it's not it's not even fun anymore if it gets if it, it just doesn't even there's a certain point where if it's under a certain amount, it almost does nothing for me. And that's that's snobbish to say, but it's just a fact. I'll be honest about it. Um, hate me for it, whatever. But basically, today I found out not only was that 
that bag that I remembered that I thought I had there, but it was not one half full or a third full or whatever. It's It was full and it was unopened, which gave me the ability to go through the exercise of actually pushing that bag through my my jar accounting system to where now I know for the future how many of those I need to buy to to have the exact amount uh, stored to cover, you know, the weeks to the months to the years, whatever. And, uh, and, and it worked out perfectly so that whereas I will be, whereas I have halved my usage my my um my usage of the green tea I don't have to in order to in order to make it over that stretch of months without a resupply I don't have to cut in half my usage of cacao I can continue as I have been you know little bit of a heaping table or a teaspoon whatever and know I'm going to make it all the way through and now I know that uh yeah basically one jar lasts approximately uh three weeks and now I know I have enough jars worth that if I continue at the pace that I'm at which is not excessive then I'm going to make it all the way through and forever after I won't be blindly copy canning I will be saying you know what are the economics of a resupply run either that I do myself or that I hire someone to do for me which I've done both and I look at the economics of that I do the planning of that and I say now I know what it takes do I want to do I want there to be a three-month interval between resupply or a three-year interval and factoring in the nuance of um, spoilage and whatnot, I'm pretty good now. I know that now, just copy canning and intuiting it and winging it and rolling the dice, the the things that I that I rely on the most that can't be like substituted and can't be like um, mashed up and and hacked up the way I did with the sesame. I got lucky this time, but I don't ever have to rely on luck. It can now be skill from here on out. Now I know what the units that I purchase in, how it breaks down into the jars that I use, and how on a on a on a on a can't cheat diet, <laughs> what a jar, how long a jar lasts, and how many units I need to. Um, uh, overstock in order to um, or have have backstocked in order to um, get the number of days forward that I'm that I'm trying to get to so yeah again I lucked out but now it's a game of skill more than luck and because I've done these metrics and uh, if anything is actionable other than just this being a captain's log of journaling (laughs) what's happening the actionable takeaways are really it's like I mean I'm living now out of 
this feng shui-ish, pseudo feng shui quality of life of like pint jars, quart jars, and these sort of like two and a half quart, tall, thick, stainless steel lid. They're they're like somewhat little bit wider quart jars. They're kind of like, I think what they call them is like pasta jars or something like that. Like it's basically what you would see in a modern kitchen where people have um, like long... um, I'm embarrassing myself, but hey, I'm supposedly paleo now, so I'm not embarrassing myself too much. But, but hey, um, I believe it's well spaghetti. I mean, spaghetti is the long is um, yeah the longer the longer thin sticks, whatever. So like, if you wanted to have, if you were a a spaghetti person and believe me I love spaghetti and no matter how paleo I'll get I will never not love spaghetti but <laughs> that aside for average people however paleo or not they are they can relate to this idea of seeing like or having these sort of longer jars that are that that they would use to store basically like a, a good a good double handful um, width of of like um, spaghetti that would that would fit in a jar, and you would just tap into that jar to make spaghetti once in a while, whatever. So that's kind of like the whatever that's called in the modern kitchenware sort of industry, whatever. Like I got a bunch of those, and uh, that's where I that's what I have taken my bulk spice and herb bags and I've transitioned them into these 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 taller jars so that's kind of like my what I draw from in the permaculture zonation theory like that that pantry-ish storage is further away from like my you know tabletop sort of condiment display if you will spice rack that's like within reach or whatever so like what's put up and out of the way it's those longer taller jars um but this this is what, what what's beautiful now and what what like if i was asked for advice about you know this off-grid homesteading thing like yeah i really i really like this new paradigm that i have of like dialing in the metrics of knowing like yeah I packed in a year's worth of what I'm going to use and I'm and I have the and I have it all like funneling in from the longer term glass storage visible bulk supply container units that scale to like now there's whatever five cacao tall jars that I'm watching be the hourglass of of my my cacao supply and it's it's a beautiful sight it gets less beautiful the the more it gets depleted you know the closer it gets to the cycle but you get my point like a year of my of eat what you store store you eat visible weatherproof rodent proof insect proof and if shaded properly you know UV protected but visible and then that funnels down to 
the zones of like the three week jar that sits within reach on my little my little kitchenette tabletop thingy and then and that goes you know goes in I'll open that jar every day for three weeks and then I'll and then I'll fill it up but now like before now before really this last week when all the when when those metrics all kind of fell into place and I did the audit you know I didn't have that peace of mind and now it really is like a point of celebrating you know some people they like to live on the edge they're a little more you know Aries whatever you want to call it but like for me I'm at an age I'm at a point where I'm like dialed in is good routine is good reliability is good planning in advance a good year out knowing that I know what that looks like on paper and I'm monitoring it and now I know how to even scale out beyond that but it's no it's just like knocking out these these question marks that 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 just add to the clutter of the subconscious of like worry and and then when you find out you procrastinate on doing the metrics it's already too late and now you're going to be without and you're going to be uncomfortable and if anything this lifestyle is about like just <laughs> doing yourself a favor and in times of plenty being the being the uh, the ant versus the grasshopper and making sure that like you have a little bit of comfort and a little bit of normalcy when times are tough that you plan for and so i would call this you know it's not a wild success because theoretically I could have done this under more forgiving circumstances, i.e. when I lived with all these things close to me and I didn't have to. I, w I could cheat if I needed to or wanted to. Now I'm in the can't cheat diet reality and the stakes are high to even try to cheat. And I gambled a little bit and I rolled the dice and dumb luck and copy canning made it so I'm not totally demoralized and depressed and I'm not going to die <laughs> and I get to like and I really can I really I'm like today I know I'm going to make it this is the halfway point I'm going to make it through the summer the summer is going to crush my soul but I will have cacao green tea, stevia, fermented garden greens, fermented everything that I planned out is like, is, is, is optimal. It's not beyond optimal, which, which it could be, but it is at least not suboptimal or not it's gonna it's gonna get me through and as this heat starts to crush my soul as it has over the last couple of days and it starts to eat into my ability to sleep and you know starts to burn water in terms of excess sweating and oh just the constant malaise of discomfort and feeling like you're getting punched in the face 24 7 
like nonstop by the by that heat just cooking your melting your ears out your brain for I mean that three month cycle is rapidly approaching and it's sort of like rapid onset warning time where it's like there's still some respite in cool breezes a little bit there's still some respite in the earliest morning hours where I can still have a blanket on me but uh, that's gonna get burned off real quick real soon and it's gonna be nothing but punishing daily heat and even more punishing nightly heat and all of the madness that uh that you <laughs> that you um you can only prepare so much for and you can only really like get acclimatized to so much and so I'm about to have I'm about to be murderized by the sun again and that the clock is ticking but at least I know most importantly it's not going to be some poor judgment of miscalculation of what of what I set in motion when I had plenty of opportunity to course correct when I get into this zone of like really really high stakes I will I will be confident that I made the right logistical calculations and I moderated and I adjusted the can't cheat diet metrics for my mental health and my physical health to be very much in balance and and very optimal so you know I'm not trying to write a bestseller (laughs) I'm not trying to get people to sign even join a newsletter or nothing there is no grift there is no upsell there is no squeeze there is no sales funnel to me this is just a um my own personal my own personal how, how to not lose your nest egg game show and i'm hoping that you find a little bit of education and entertainment value if you're on this journey along with me um and for i will for damn sure when the markets come back up be in a position to be like bam containers decked out with like all of this shit dialed in so fucking tight where it's just gonna be like year stacked next to year two year one year two year and i'm gonna be like there's like almost no force in the universe outside of extinction level events that are going to force me out of my dug-in position of multiple years of ear-to-ear smiling, cacao ceremonies twice a day, green tea, ferments, everything, just at least that foundation dialed in. As long as no major allergy X factors come out of nowhere to surprise me, which which can can happen and I've been you know again that's another topic I'm not going to open another can of worms but I will say if anything's actionable man how fucking cool is it to be like 
this like little pint jar trail mix grenade yeah i'm not gonna put it it's not really ideal for like hiking or a rucksack or whatever it's not really for mobility but for like being in 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 a fortified position this is your homestead this is your fortress this is your man cave whatever it is a beautiful thing to behold that that is like what i wake up to and that is my unit of daily first half of the day comfort food success health food get me uh, in gear and work in the land that one pint of the trail mix that I make and someday I'll be growing the ingredients of and I just don't think that's ever going to change now that I got that dialed in and I'm so happy about that and man yeah for people who are struggling with portions and calorie counting i just did this whole yale food psychology course that goes into the history of marketing and the distortion of portions over it is so disturbing and disgusting what's happened to our to to anyway so there you have it like the elegance of a glass pint jar of trail mix that could be any trail mix that is like a properly balanced trail mix and I'm not trying to scale this out to people, but for me and my future and looking back at the dumbass shit that I bought my whole life for breakfast. Oh, man, the teeth rotting, gut rotting, expensive, poisonous convenience store, snack, whatever, even restaurant, whatever, or cheap fast food, whatever. Not even a lot, but just like wholesome whole food pint jar done (laughs) you know what I mean yeah and in a perfect world I'll be augmenting that with fresh berries and fresh fruits and whatnot for now the dried fruit factor is is taking care of me and uh I feel great about that I feel great about knowing that I can soldier on as a remote solo solo extreme desert permaculture homesteader and and really rely on that system and uh yeah i'd like to eventually phase out the plastic buckets i do have metal metal trash cans that are almost yeah the galvanized cans that are almost as pest and rodent proof but not quite as much but anyway that's for another time for now (laughs) more than enough cheers Oh,